It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 388 of Locked On Raptors for Sunday, September 30th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean, and find the show as well on Twitter at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We got Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd. I'm sure you got some drafts coming up with the season just a couple weeks away. If you want to prepare for your draft the best way possible, do it with Josh Lloyd on Locked On Fantasy Basketball. And of course, make sure you're checking out Locked On NBA as well. It's a daily show. David Locke hosts Thursdays. A bunch of other hosts from across the network host the other days. And uh, it's a good, wide-reaching view of the league on a daily basis. So make sure you're checking out Locked On NBA on its own separate feed. Of course, the NFL shows are up and running too. If you have a team you're interested in, you want to hear about the Packers or the 49ers or the Texans or whatever, there's a corresponding Locked On show for you to check out. And if you find a host on the network that you like, please subscribe to that show separately on iTunes. Leave a rating and a review. It's the best way, as always, to help support the show and uh, keep shows up in the rankings, keep them in people's view and, and help make them more discoverable. So thank you in advance for taking the small amount of time it requires to do that. We have like 130 ratings in the Lockdown Raptors page right now. Thank you so much to everyone who's left one. Uh, there's been a lot put up there lately. So uh, join the club. It's really fun. It's really cool to do it as well. So make sure you take the couple seconds it takes to leave a rating and review on iTunes. All right, let's get to today's show, which is uh, finally talking about real basketball. The Raptors played a preseason game on Saturday night against the Portland Trailblazers. They won 122-104, and, you know, it's really hard when it's a preseason game to try to avoid making big proclamations about what you saw because it's the first preseason game, and it doesn't matter really. But uh, what I'm going to do on today's show is I'm just going to go through every Raptor who played in the game and just kind of talk a little bit about them for like a minute or so, and we'll have a full show by the end of the end of the show. So um, let's uh, let's start at the bottom of the depth chart here. Uh, nah, nah, let's go with the starters. Who cares? We'll start off with the good stuff. Uh, I'll just go through this uh, depth chart here, and we'll talk about each guy and what they brought and what it means for the future and all that stuff. So uh, let's start off. With Serge Ibaka, he played 12 minutes. He started at center for the Raptors. Uh, OG Ananobi was away for a personal matter, and the starting five was Ibaka, Kawhi Leonard, CJ Miles, Kyle Lowry, Danny Green. We'll get to the other four in a second. But Serge Ibaka started at center, played 12 minutes. He picked up three pretty early fouls. First of all, it's really dumb that you can foul out in a preseason game. Who cares? Um, like Just like let dudes pick up fouls. They were calling everything last night. I think the Raptors had 36 free throws in the first half, which is really dumb. I think overall they ended up with like 51. Yeah, 51 free throws. Like, like chill, guys. I know it's preseason for everybody, but you don't need to be calling everything like that. But uh, Serge picked up three early fouls and kind of was out of the rotation a little bit after that just because I think they wanted to work in Greg Monroe late in the game. We'll talk about him in a bit as well. And Jonas Valanciunas is really good too. But in the 12 minutes Ibaka played, three points, two rebounds, one assist. He had a block. 
The block was probably the most notable thing for him in this one. I think a guy was driving baseline and he sort of just was in position because he was playing center. He wasn't scrambling or anything like that. And it was just a really good in position help defense block. And uh, that is, I think, what we should be looking for from Serge going forward this season is if he's going to be playing backup center, which I think the way the rotation went in this one, and obviously it's really hard to say because OG wasn't there and it's the first preseason game, but based on how the rotation went in this one, the fact that Greg Monroe didn't really come in until the very end of the game, I think he started uh, getting some run late in the third quarter and then played most of the fourth, that kind of tells me that he's maybe more on the side of the Jordan Lloyds and the Lorenzo Browns and Eric Morlins of the world than he is you know, as part of like the regular game rotation that'll happen in, in the regular season. So Abaka playing backup center, obviously he started at center, but he was more more or less the backup in this one because Jonas played a lot more. Um, you know, if Jonas is, or Serge is going to be playing center, that, that I think bodes well for how the rotation is going to set up with just maximizing who's on the floor at all times. And also, I just think Abaka is probably better as a backup center at this point. Rebounding is an issue, of course, and there's going to have to be a concerted effort to rebound when he's playing center. Um, you know, it was a bit of a tough go last night with the rebounding just because CJ Miles was playing the four, and like that's not really his forte. Uh, Kawhi is a good rebounder. I'm sure he'll be able to help out there. OG started to become a bit of a better rebounder by the end of the season. I think he should be a good rebounder at some point in his career, although he didn't grab many last year. And then if Ibaka is playing with the bench unit, then Pascal Siakam, I mean, We'll talk about him in a sec too, but man, his rebounding was excellent last night. He was really good by the end of last season, and maybe they can get by with, you know, Siakam sort of helping out Ibaka in the bench unit rebounding department. So I do think that's an issue, but other than that, like, I just think Ibaka's better as a center. It was nice that they had the whole shooty lineup out there. Ibaka didn't really benefit from any sort of pick-and-pop actions, which he normally would, but uh, I thought he was fine. 12 minutes, three points, like, it wasn't anything to write home about. I think he had a three-point play, uh, or he was fouled on a three-point shot that was the the result, or that resulted in his three points. But, you know, he was fine. I, I don't think we should be expecting too, too much from Ibaka this season. Season. If he can be uh, a good second or third big in this rotation, I think that's more than fine. Yes, he gets paid a lot of money, but the Raptors are making up that with you know other cheaper contracts doing a lot more than what they're paid elsewhere on the roster. So I think it's all right. All right, let's move on to the person everyone cares about, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard is a Raptor. It's crazy, right? He plays for the Raptors. He actually played for the Raptors last night and was pretty good. He played 19 minutes. He was uh, 3 of 8 for 12 points, 3 assists, 1 steal. Um, the 1 steal he had was a nice steal, and uh, he went the other way and I think picked up a, either an end one or just he got fouled on the shot attempt. He was 0 for, 0 for 4 from 3. Which uh, I think you could probably expect. He, you know, he's just kind of getting his legs a little bit. He, you know, hasn't played basketball for like eight months and barely played at all last season, and he hasn't really played um, a consecutive string of games in a very, very long time. So I think it's probably to be expected that his jump shot will be the last thing that comes. But Kawhi, man, he's just he's really good, and he just his presence is just always kind of there. Um, I thought he did a really good job of playmaking in this one. He, you know, faced a lot of doubles whenever he would try to drive. Uh, the help defense would come really aggressively towards him, and he knew exactly where to go with his kickouts. Uh, I think if this game's any indication, Kawhi is going to be a guy who gets a ton of secondary assists this season. Um, you know, he's going to go in. They posted him up quite a bit too, and this also happened where you know they'll send two guys his way, and he'll kick it to Kyle, and then Kyle will find you know Delon Wright or Fred VanVleet or CJ Miles on the other side of the court, and it's just you're creating. So so much 
havoc with uh, with that ball movement that you know it's going to end up with good shots somewhere on the court. So even if Kawhi is not really getting those shots for himself just yet, just because he's kind of um, working through it a little bit, I, I think he kind of showed last night that it's all going to work pretty well. Um, he got to the line a whole bunch as well. If there's one thing that's really encouraging about this one is that he kind of see, sought contact and really wasn't phased. He took a big fall early on. Um, I think he either picked up a steal or it was just like a fast break opportunity. And it looked like he was going to try to go up to dunk and he got fouled and he, fe- he fell pretty hard and he got up pretty quickly. No issues there. Um, that was the one sort of cringeworthy moment where I was like, eh, maybe stop Kawhi, don't do this. But obviously getting his legs back under him and getting his confidence to where it needs to be with his body and sort of doing all the things that make him a Kawhi Leonard, I think that's a good sign that he was willing to do that last night. Um, the defense, like, the Raptors' defense as a whole was pretty bad in the first half. Uh, Kawhi played 19 of the first 24 minutes and then sat for the second half, same as Kyle. Um, but I, I did think, like, you can just tell that once the defense kind of clicks, Kawhi is going to be such a terror out there. He had one play where he dug down to help out Jonas on a, when he was guarding a post-up. He either got a steal or there might have been a foul involved or something like that. But like it was a really just like out of nowhere aggressive defensive play from Kawhi, and he can kind of do that just because he covers so much ground and you know he's so successful. Uh, when he does make those gambles, that it's almost not even a gamble at all. It's like, well, gambling isn't gambling if you know you're going to win kind of thing, right? So I, I'm i just really pumped to see what Kawhi's going to look like in a sort of a fuller role within the team. Uh, one thing that I guess this kind of bleeds into what we'll talk about with Kyle, but he, Kawhi didn't carry the ball up the court very much. He was kind of uh, just sort of streaming down the wing a little bit. And, you know, that, that's fine. I think he will start carrying the ball a little bit more and sort of being more of a uh, point of attack creator at some point. But if that means that Kawhi, that Kyle Lowry is going to get a little bit more action and sort of be asked to be a catalyst more often, I don't think that's a bad thing by any means because we'll talk about Kyle. He was awesome in this one. Um, but I do think it's just sort of a feeling out process, right? And I do think the the chemistry, you can already kind of see it, him and Kyle in particular, it's already starting to grow. I think Nick Nurse sort of attaching those two at the hip for both, you know, preseason or training camp drills and then also in this game, they played every minute that the other one played. Uh, I think that's a pretty good idea to get the two best players kind of going simpatico early on. Um, in, in terms of the defense, like, again, I think Kawhi is going to really help out the defense a lot, obviously. He's much, uh, he's a big improvement on DeMar DeRozan and, I do think, you know, there's sort of this adage that defense is kind of there before offense a lot of times for, for teams in the preseason and the early part of the season. I kind of think it might be inverse this season and the, the defense might take a little bit longer to come along just because the offense was so good last season and so much of the offense is just based on like freestyle and flow and just kind of letting things happen as they may that I do think the defense with such an upgrade with Kawhi, obviously once it gets to full steam, it's going to be terrifying and we saw glimpses of it last night where they're just getting deflections all over the place. Kawhi's jumping, passing lanes, he's getting steals, he's getting deflections. It's terrifying and like once this team is fully humming on defense, it's going to be one of the better defensive teams in the league, if not the best. Um, But I do think like, it's got to be kind of a bit of an adjustment for guys like Jonas and everyone who's played with DeMar for so long to sort of look to their right or their left and see Danny Green or Kawhi Leonard there and say, oh, like we don't have to be worrying about making up for someone's mistakes anymore. And like, again, I don't want to sound like I'm slagging DeMar, but I do think the upgrade on defense just so remarkable from DeMar to Kawhi that I do think it's probably a bit of like a shock to the system for a lot of the Raptors players Um, and once they get that down I think on the broadcast uh, Matt Devlin said that the Raptors said they have about 60% of their offense already installed only about 40% of the defense and I do think um, considering 
the offense was so squared away and good last season and the defense was what really was their downfall in the postseason, I do think that's probably going to be a little bit sort of a longer process in the making and you know again it's going to come it's probably going to come by the end of the preseason but I wouldn't be too alarmed by the defense not being very good last night and Kawhi altogether like just a he's not it's weird he's not like a LeBron or like a Steph Curry or Kevin Durant as a superstar where it's like this guy's larger than life he looks bigger than the other players on the court almost just because he's so good and so his gravitas is just so enormous Um, but I do think what Kawhi does is like he makes the best of every instance in which he gets the ball he's super efficient like the robot you know comparisons are not like founded of nothing right they uh whenever he gets the ball he just he's making the most efficient play the the smartest play the easiest play and he's just i think he does more with the opportunities he has with the ball than a lot of superstars would because there's a lot of you know it's kind of like a drake album for like a superstar it's like oh a lot of this is really really great most of this is great it's awesome but there is some filler in there that uh you could cut away like Kawhi really feels like he just cuts away the fat and is just supremely efficient and uh sort of zeroed in on making the right play at all times and you Maybe he doesn't carry the ball up the court all the time. Maybe he doesn't have quite as much of of the on-ball duties that some other superstars have, but he makes up for that in spades on the on the defensive end. So uh, good all around from Kawhi Leonard. We'll move on. Um, looking forward to watching him play many more basketball games as a Raptor. It's still freaking surreal. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, CJ Miles. He played 15 minutes. He started last night. Uh, I think that wouldn't have been the case had OG Ananobi been around, obviously, but... Uh, I thought he was good. You know, he shot pretty well. He was two or three from deep. He is a nice little bit of danger to have on the court when you have teams sort of selling out to stop a Kawhi and having Miles sitting in the you know the the weak side corner for the ball to swing to him. That's not a bad little weapon to have. Um, it is very noticeable though his lack of defense, and I am kind of concerned about his minutes. You know where his minutes are going to go this season, just because as we'll get to another guy later on, there's going to be so much competition for for minutes at the two and three spots. And I just, Miles might be the odd man out because his defense is so notably weaker than everybody else. You know, I do think the, the, like I said, the first half defense wasn't particularly good. I think you slot in OG and Anobi for Miles in a lot of those situations and it's, you know, oh, it's good now and it's not a big deal. Um, So that's something to be concerned about, I guess, if you're a big CJ Miles fan. And I love CJ Miles. I just think his skill set is not quite as in demand on this roster as it has been in the past, but uh, not a bad showing from Miles. He shot well. That's pretty much all you need Miles for. Um, So we'll see what happens with his minutes going forward. Uh, Kyle Lowry. 
Also, 19 minutes, played alongside Kawhi all those minutes. He was awesome. 15 points, 4 boards, 1 assist. He was 3 of 6 from the field, 1 of 4 from deep, 8 of 8 from the line. Um, he was uh, Kyle Lowry, man. He was pushing it. Uh, he had a couple nice transition buckets. He, The chemistry between him and Kawhi seems to be very much there. Uh, you know, all those questions about is Kyle going to ever pass to Kawhi? Are they going to be friends? Is he ever going to talk to the media? And does his lack of talking to the media suggest a rift between him and the team? No, Kyle, Kyle's very good and is smart enough to realize the opportunity in front of him. And, uh, you know, the, the fast break where him and Kawhi just kind of played keep away for a couple passes here and there. I think it ended in a foul and didn't actually result, result in a basket, but the, like, no-look jump bounce pass that Kyle threw to Kawhi on the fast break, that stuff we're going to see a lot. It's really cool that these two players play on the same team, man. It's awesome, and, uh, I, you know, there's not a whole lot to say about Kyle. He was as good as Kyle typically is, and I think uh, if he's going to be creating a lot more this season, which it seems like he's going to be, if, again, the usage kind of evens out a little bit and some of it of what De- DeMar had last year is dispersed among, you know, say, Lowry or Jonas or whoever else, um, I do think, you know, he, he he's going to be primed for a bigger counting stat season, I guess, than he was last year, right? Because last year he did kind of hang off ball a little bit. He got a little bit quiet at times, and part of that was by design. Part of that was to have DeMar with the ball, you know, more often than not just because... He's better with the ball in his hands than he is as an off-ball threat while Kyle is good everywhere. Um, but I would like to see Kyle, uh, you know, see it shift back a little bit towards him. And if last night's any indication, that's going to happen this season. So uh, all things seem to be go, all systems seem to be go with Kyle Lowry, which is uh, very good and very positive and kind of expected. Danny Green, uh, rough game from him. 20 minutes, uh, 5 points, 3 rebounds, 1 of 6 from the field, 1 of 5 from deep. Uh, he had a turnover as well and kind of looked... You know, I guess we were talking about this with Siret on Friday, and or I guess Thursday? Friday? Thursday. Thursday, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about this with Siret and how Danny Green was saying that, you know, in training camp, he's gotten to kind of handle the ball a lot more than he's ever done in the last few years in San Antonio. You know, obviously, he's just been like a catch-and-shoot monster in San Antonio for a long time now, but Nick Nurse, again, with the free... Th- free-flowing sort of philosophy. It seems like he just wants guys to maybe flex their muscles a little bit, get a little bit of experience, uh, get some reps handling the ball here and there. Didn't go super well for Danny Green in this one, just kind of clunky, kind of uh, Patrick Patterson, Damari Carroll-y, but um, it's the preseason, so if he wants to try to flex those muscles, I don't really care about that. Um, Better to do it now than in the regular season and see if he is up to the task, but uh, I'm sure if that continues on with Danny Green, that won't be much of a a feature in his game this season, but We'll have to see there. Uh, let's move on to Pascal Siakam. Whole oh, Pascal Siakam looks good, man. And it's weird because he was only 3 of 10, 0 of 3 from deep. The 3 still aren't falling despite the stroke not seeming to be all that bad. It's super weird that, like, Michael Kidd Gilchrist can hit 30% of his threes with that janky-ass uh, shooting stroke. But, like, Siakam's looks pretty quick and, 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 you know, streamlined or whatever. Just doesn't seem to want to fall for him. Uh, he's still at 6 points, 13 rebounds, and 3 assists. The one play he had where... He got his own offensive rebound. He was trying to back a dude down. He put up a shot. It went off backboard. He got the rebound sort of through like a thicket of arms and put it back up for the putback. Like, man, if that's going to be part of his game this season, if he's strong enough and sort of limber enough to be grabbing extra rebounds, that's enormous because obviously that's not a huge strength of this team outside of Jonas. And just the pushing the pace and running the floor and the sort of initiating fast breaks is... So awesome. It's so fun to watch, man. I love Pascal Siakam and the just the 
the speed with which he takes it up the floor and you know doing that it frees up the other guys on the floor who are all pretty good shooters assuming you know if we see Serge play backup center or even Jonas playing as a trailer at times like you have all of the best shooters on the court just kind of looking for uh, the pass from Siakam in those fast break situations. You're not worried about Siakam getting the ball uh, with no one guarding him because no one's scared of his shot. Like, he is the one doing the creating. Three assists for him in this one. I think we're going to see a lot of, like, six, seven, eight assist games from him this season just because, um, you know, it's nice to have Fred Van Vliet just hanging out off the ball to hit a bunch of threes. He did that, he did that last night. There was the one play uh, where DeLon Wright got the block on one end and, and Siakam got the rebound, and he just he bolted down the court he kicked it out to the trailer fred for three and it was just like yes this is the bench mob this is like if you're going to advertise for the bench mob this is the 10 second snip that you would or 10 second snippet that you would show man it's uh it's exciting obviously the three-point shot is going to be his limiting factor and he's not going to you know ascend to any sort of like pseudo stardom or anything like that if he can't get start getting shots to go down but everything else from pascal looks uh as advertised uh, as we heard about all summer long with him at these ucla at ucla runs and stuff he's uh he's looking pretty good uh chris boucher he's next on the depth chart here chris boucher played five minutes this was honestly the part of the game where i checked out i didn't really watch the last five minutes of the game because the raptors were up so much and it was Chris Boucher playing, but uh, good on Chris Boucher for getting in. He had no points on 0-4 shooting. Keep shooting your shot, my dude. Uh, Norm Powell, this is exciting. Uh, he played 21 minutes. He had eight points. He was three of five, two of three from deep, three boards as well. If Norm Powell can get back to being Norm Powell, man, that is just so terrifying and so unfair for a team that already has like 10 good rotation players. Um, and that is why, you know, watching Norm last night, I could really, really see CJ Miles getting buried on this roster just because of Norm. If he can kind of rediscover what he's supposed to be and kind of supplant Miles in that bench unit and sort of be a better defensive option while also being not the same shooter as Miles or the same threat, but he kind of brings other threats as well. Like his. His triple drive game yesterday was great, and he had a couple of nice uh, forays to the rim. He had one. It was a nice lefty finish where it wasn't like his typical drives where he goes one speed and it's the top speed, and he's just hoping that no one gets in front of him and then he can kind of either dunk or put up a lefty finish. This was like a little bit more paced, a little bit more nuanced. There was a little bit more in terms of timing and trying to get the defender off balance as opposed to just being a you know a straight drive to the rim where he's trying to blow past the dude. Um, so that's that's a nice to see. A little bit more touch on Powell's game has been uh, in the cards for a long time. And he also hit two of his three threes and looked confident doing it. Obviously, it's one preseason game, and that's not going to um, predict anything with, with Powell. But if he can get back to something like we saw last night, that is just a... A terrifying weapon to have and also no longer a glaring albatross contract that you know that has the potential to be if he plays like he did last season for the next three years um yeah i was really impressed by norm last night that's exciting and uh here's hoping for much more of norm being norm and not last year's norm like regular norm regular playoff saving franchise altering norman powell please be that it's awesome uh greg monroe 12 minutes, he had 8 points, he was 1 of 4 shooting, 6 of 7 from the line. So many insane free throw numbers in this game. Uh, He had 8 boards as well. He had one uh, really nice post-up where he kind of schooled Myers Leonard, which is not the hardest thing to do because Myers Leonard sucks, but still nice to see though. And Monroe didn't have any assists in this game, but I did think he kind of whipped some really nice passes, and that's going to be a nice little thing to have. And if Jonas or Serge ever goes down this season... 
Monroe's going to be a really nice backup to throw in and a little bit more of a reliable one. Obviously, his defense is not great and he's not going to be. He had a block last night, but like he's not going to be something, someone you can rely on for solid rim protection. But, you know, compared to, say, Bebe last year, where you never really knew what you were going to get from Bebe, you know, 40% of the time it was awesome, 60% of the time it was really bad. You know, you throw in Monroe, you kind of know what you're going to get. And like I've said with Jonas, I do think his defensive deficiencies will probably be sheltered a little bit just because of how good the wing defense is on this team. So um, you could do a lot worse as your fourth big, as your backup big, injury replacement big. Um, yeah, uh, Monroe looked pretty good last night. I, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. He looked he looked all right. Uh, I, I, again, I think the fact that he came in later in the game didn't really factor into the first three quarters rotation. I do think that kind of hints that maybe we're going to see him very sparingly this season. He'll, he'll be more of an end of bench type of guy uh, in injury replacement. He's not really going to be a night to night part of the plans, but I think that's what we wanted. I think that's exactly what I said I would like to see when uh, the Raptors signed him in the offseason. So good on Nick Nurse for listening to me, I guess. But um, still nice to have that dude just kind of hanging at the end of the bench. The Raptors have a lot of good players, and Monroe is not a bad player by any means. He just has maybe the game's passed him by a little bit, but he's talented and has a, a utility. He'll he'll serve a purpose. He'll have a game this season where he puts up some points. I'm sure uh, filling in for somebody or just getting some random run. Um, he'll have a moment or something or, or at some point this season. I'm sure. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jonas Valanciunas, let's go to him. Uh, He played 19 minutes, and he was maybe the most impressive player in this game. 17 points, 7 boards, 1 assist, 3 steals, uh, 4 of 8 shooting. He missed both of his threes, but he went 9 of 9 from the line. Once again, it's amazing to have a dude who's that big who hits all of his free throws. That's such a nice asset to have. Um, He also had a block in this one. He was just so good. He looked so spry. Uh, Obviously, the big one in this, the big play in this one was his fast break. Uh, sort of schooling of Zach Collins, where he like almost Euro-stepped him, is kind of amazing. And I know he didn't start in this one, but I do think, based on how he and Surich played, like if there's a competition for that starting center job, and last night was the start of it, Jonas is going to have that shit locked up pretty quickly, I think. Um, I-, I think Jonas is going to be really good this season. I kind of have a take where I think he might be an all-star this year, just because I think the centers on the in the East are kind of ass. And if he can... Bump up his minutes from 22 to somewhere near 27, 28, and get the counting stats that his per 36 numbers suggest he should be capable of. Um, I think there's a chance he could do do it. If the Raptors are a really good team by the All-Star break, they're on pace for 60-plus wins or something like that, which I don't think is crazy, um, I I really do think Jonas is going to be in the mix for that. He'll be like a fringe guy, maybe like a fourth replacement, like a Goran Dragic type guy, but he's going to be in the running, I think, if uh, he gets the minutes, which I think he will because... Again, there's going to be fewer opportunities for him to be played off the floor this season because he won't be... He'll be like the one bad defensive player on the floor as opposed to being one of three and the most sort of... uh, Most damning of the three, I guess, at most times when he was out there. So, um, yeah, Valanciunas, really excited for him. He looks awesome, and uh, here's hoping he hits more threes. He took two last night. That's encouraging. Uh, I'm all for him taking a bunch of threes. It's awesome. And, uh, yeah, 
I'm really excited for him. I think he's going to be the starting center. And if you start him next to OG, Kawhi, uh, Danny Green, and Lowry, I think that's probably the best starting five you can go with. The messed up thing is that the Raptors' starting five last night is one of the worst defensive lineups they can throw out. With Abaka and Miles, like, those are two of the worst defenders they have. <laughs> and, like, oh, my God, it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited to watch this team play defense. Um, anyway, Jonas, I think he's going to be the starting center. He looked really damn good last night, and I'm looking forward to more of him being sort of a catalyst in the offense. We saw him do a little bit of high post stuff and, and sort of uh, dribble handoff that we saw last year. Also, just like putting the ball on the floor. He had another one early in the game where he got the ball on the perimeter and did a pump fake and got the guy out to jump out of his shoes. I think it might have been Zach Collins again, and he just drove to the basket and finished. It was... Uh, Really awesome. I'm loving Jonas. It's going to be really fun. And if he's a little bit more of a sort of active participant in the offense, I think that's going to work out pretty well. As long as there's no dumb post-ups. I'm, I'm, I'm done with the post-ups from Jonas, and I think we saw that last year that they're kind of done with that too. Uh, Eric Moreland. Three minutes, no points. Uh, he's kind of in the Chris Boucher category for me. I didn't really watch him very much, but uh, I'm sure he's a very nice guy. Lorenzo Brown. 15 minutes. He played he got 10 points on 4-7 shooting, 2 of 2 from deep. He shot the basketball, which is great to see. Um, I think Lorenzo deserved the contract he got this season. Obviously, you know, I know there are a lot of people out there who think he's very bad, and I don't think he's particularly good either. But it's nice to, you know, reward a guy for putting in a season of service as a two-way guy. He did a lot. He helped the Raptors uh, G League team get to the finals once again. He won the MVP, obviously. Like, I think it's it's smart to pay those types of guys. That makes you more attractive to sort of fringy guys in the future, I think. And, you know, if there's a path for a guy like Lorenzo Brown to get an NBA deal, even if he's not going to play very much, um, I think it's nice that they did that they did that for him and paid him. And, like, again, he's the 15th, 14th guy on the roster who really cares. Um, he's going to be a, nice, a little bit of depth. Depth is never bad. Uh, obviously, it's not very good depth behind uh, Van Vliet and, and Wright. Like, that's a big drop-off. But the nice thing about having four point guards is the fourth one doesn't have to be used very often. So, um, good good on you, Lorenzo Brown. Shoot more. You, you, you can do that. You earned the right by being James Harden of the G League last year. Uh, next one here, Jordan Lloyd, seven minutes, two two points. The two points came on a really nice lefty finish. Uh, that's all I got on Jordan Lloyd. He looks cool in the jersey. Number eight's a good number. He's going to play a lot for the G League this year, but as a little combo guard, you could do worse as a two-way guy. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, dude's good. 17 minutes, he had 11 points, three of four from deep, four of six shooting, uh, three assists as well. He's awesome. He's going to dictate the bench once again. He could probably be in the running for six-man once again, like... Fred Van Vliet is awesome. It's really it's really cool that they paid him, and uh, they might be getting an absolute steal of a deal with him making nine million bucks a year. Uh, he's awesome. I'm uh, really excited for Fred this season. Kay Felder, five minutes, six points. Uh, I think he's going to be very good as the ringer that someone brings to the Raptors Republic three on three tournament next season. I don't really think he's an NBA player. He's too small. He's too, like, Kevin Hardy in the way he dribbles. It's weird. Um, I'm sure he'll do some stuff with the G League this season. I think he's on an Exhibit 10, if I'm not mistaken. So he'll get uh, a little bonus if he plays for the G League team this season. I think that's what we'll see. Don't we see him in the NBA at all. Um, but, hey, good on you, Kay Felder. DeLon Wright. Whew, still remains so damn fun to watch. Maybe the most fun Raptor to watch. He only had five points last night, two of six shooting, missed his one three. 
Had that block, though, that started that great fast break that ended with the Fred Van Vliet 3. And just some of the passes he throws are insane. He threw like four or five crazy skip passes from one side of the court to the other. Um, he's just, his vision's amazing. His his handle is just so funky and hypnotic and uh, ready to watch DeLon right all season. He's so awesome. And uh, he didn't do a ton in this game, but I'm sure we'll see a lot more from him. There are going to be games where he kind of gets suppressed because there's so much going on. You know, if, if Norm has a big game, DeLon might see a fewer minutes here and there. If Fred's having an amazing game, DeLon Lon's going to be hurt by that too. I think Delon's going to have a ton of huge games this season and then a ton of games where he just kind of, you know, is not a big part of it because there's so many guys and he might be one of the, the first guys to drop out of the rotation for whatever reason, but um, he's so fun to watch when he's on. And lastly, before my voice explodes here because, my God, I have a cough and it's terrible, Malachi Richardson played 11 minutes, hit a three, uh, five points, two blocks, a steal. It's nice to have him on the roster, I suppose. Um, I'm sure he's going to get a lot of G League run again this season, although I think they have to get his permission to do that because uh, he's in his third season, but I, I can't see why he wouldn't want to go play in the G League this year a little bit because I don't see him getting very much NBA run. Um, it'd be like an Anthony Bennett type situation when the Raptors had him back in the day. Um, but yeah, Malachi Richardson, he hit a three. That's cool. Uh, I, I, that's the thing he's supposed to be good at, so Here's hoping he can do that a little bit more. He seemed pretty lively in the bench celebrations, which is always good. It's a nice asset to have. Um, so, shouts to Malachi Richardson. And uh, that's going to do it. I'm through all the players in the depth chart. Dang Adele and Kyle Collinsworth didn't play in this one. Not a shocker, I don't think. Those guys will be with the G League as well. Um, but, yeah. Exciting times. It was a good first start to the uh, good start to the preseason. The Raptors' next game is... I don't even know when. It's coming up at some point. I think they play the Jazz, so stay tuned for that. And um, I don't think it's televised, so I'm not sure if I'll even be able to watch it. I'm sure I'll try to find a stream somewhere. But uh, we'll continue on with uh, the preseason content in the week to come. I'll be doing an episode at some point with with Vivek Jacob. We're going to do preseason question number seven. Uh, what should the Raptors' seating chart be in the locker room? Very important question that really is going to dictate the entire season. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we're going to be doing an episode with Dan Grant breaking down the final 10 places, t- 10 players in my ranking every Raptors series for Raptors HQ. Um, we're going to go through the whole top 100, but the, the, the top 10 comes out on Monday if you want to read that at Raptors HQ. Then we'll have a whole bunch of other stuff this week. Uh, very excited to get the season going it was a really good week for the podcast this past week so thank you so much for everyone who's listened and uh and subscribed and told a friend it's really nice i I think we have some new listeners as well so if you're a new listener welcome thank you so much for checking the show out uh you have no idea how much i appreciate it and uh it's been a a great start to the year really excited for what's to come i think this is going to be a big year for the show obviously because Kawhi is here now and uh there's a certain level of interest around the team but um thank you so much for everyone who's listened rated reviewed all that good stuff if you haven't rated to review the podcast on iTunes yet, please do that. It's so helpful, and uh, it very much makes uh, me feel good and makes the the rankings really nice. We've been hanging in like the top 50 on iTunes in Canada this week, so keep that up. Leave some ratings and reviews. It's uh, it's always very, very appreciated. All right, I'm going to stop this now before I have no voice left, and uh, we're going to wrap it there. So thank you so much, and we will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.